You're coming through the darkness, you're breaking through our blindness, you're striding through the red sea of death. By taking on our likeness and dying for the lifeless, you're raising all your children from the dead. You're raising up my heart from the dead. We're very happy this week to welcome Paul George every day this week to give us a an on-air Linton mission. This is the first on-air Linton mission I've ever been a part of. Yeah, so each day we'll do like five minutes, a topic each day. I'm fired up about this. For Linton, yeah, so am I. So what's, what's the general theme here to this? So topic? the general theme uh, this week is how do we grow closer in our relationship to Christ, this Lent, right? So that that's the whole point of Lent. Yeah. The whole point of our life is to be in relationship with Christ and grow in that as a man, as a woman, as a husband, as a wife, as a kid, as a child, mm. uh, as a son, as a daughter. Yeah. Well, I want encourage our listeners to invite people to listen this week, and you can also go to our website and get each day uh, and listen on your own free time. So... So day one, Paul, growing closer to Christ. So day one is called desire. And this is the idea that God has put in each and every one of us, the desire to know him. Now, we all have desires, right, Adam? Like, yeah. it's Lent, and I'm desiring to eat everything <laughs> that, I, that I gave up, right? Uh, so we have a desire and a craving for food. We have a desire and a craving for love, for attention, for all these things in our life. And a lot of times those desires lead us to, to grab hold of things that will fulfill us. But God has placed in us a desire to know him and to be fulfilled by him. And so a lot of times those desires, those wires can get crossed in our lives and we get a little bit confused. Yeah. But ultimately what God is trying to pull out of us is that very desire that you have for anything in your life is a desire for me. So how, how do we unconfuse ourselves? Because you're right, wires get crossed, we get confused, that desire gets misdirected yep. and even quieted. So mm-hmm. how do we awaken that within us? Well, I think in prayer, one is we really get in touch with our desire. Okay, so start with whatever desire you have. So you may have a desire for food or maybe even something that's sinful. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, and I say that in a way that, that at the root of your desire is not to sin. Okay, your, your sin is only a result of fulfilling that desire in a way that, that you're not supposed to. But at the root of that desire is, is therein lies God, as the catechism says to us. And so as you, as you trace your desire in prayer, right there at the very root is God. Hmm. And so as you follow that desire, um, therein lies that relationship with God that we're going to talk about throughout this Lent. It makes logical sense that this would be step one because we can feel like God is foreign mm-hmm. and that having a relationship is something like trying to talk to someone who speaks German. Right. But if we get in touch with that desire, we realize, no, actually, he's he's closer than I am to myself. Exactly, which leads right into tomorrow's. But that desire is important. So say you just have a desire to get angry throughout your day, like something snaps. Even in that desire, you can stop yourself and say, God, why am I angry? And that's an opportunity within that to find the real mercy of God and begin to talk to God. God, why am I desiring to, to, um, you know, to not want to go home today? Uh, you know, why am I desiring to, to look at something on the Internet? Or why am I desiring to, you know, to, to want to do this? In that desire, therein lies God. Because he created us in this beautiful way to know him. 
Mm. And he knows that that desire leads into that relationship with him. What I love about this, too, is that we can we can think of penance and Lent and these kinds of ideas of getting rid of all our desires, like right. quieting all our desires, mm-hmm. destroying them even, and that the saint is someone who has no desires, basically. Right, and that's not true because we are, you know, we're intellect, uh, we're body, we're soul, we're emotion, we're, we're all of those things. And to say mm-hmm. that we're not one of those things is saying that we're not human. Yeah, awesome. Well, this was great, man.
two of our first Linton mission, on-air Linton mission, with Paul George, journeying closer to Christ. Good morning again, Paul. Good morning, Adam. You sound like you've done this before. Well, yesterday was my first day of an on-air Linton mission. Now it's day two, so I'm, you know, old hat. You have that radio voice, though. Thanks, man. Yeah. You too. All right, so day two of our Linton mission. What do you got for us? So you kind of mentioned it in yesterday's thing. So if, if you didn't hear it, you can go back and listen to the first day. But as we talked about desire, um, what we come to understand about God and the character of God is that God is not distant. God is not far away. So we're not deist. We don't believe that God created the world and then stepped back from it and said, oh, I'll just step back and watch, right? I'll watch creation just kind of unfold and, and screw up and mess up. That God created and he engaged in the relationship with man, with creation, and has been so ever since. So the idea today is that God is not distant from us, that God is with us. Well, it's so easy to think he is distant because I guess if we, if we quiet that desire for him enough or it gets confused enough, we really think like God is this thing other than who I want to be. You know, right. like we see people that love God and we're like, that's great and all, but that's not who I want to be because we're so confused. Yeah. And I, and like you said, our desires are quieted or they're all over the place. And we don't even know that in that desire, therein lies God. And so that God's never distant. He's never far away. And we see the character of God really come out in Genesis where he created man and woman and he's in union relationship with them. And then even after they sin, Adam, and they hide in the garden, God goes after them. It says in Genesis 3, God says, where are you? So he goes in search for them. And we see all throughout the Old Testament that God is with them. He says, I'll be, you know, a cloud by day and a fire by night. He will journey with them through the Holy Land. And then in so much so that he desires to be in relationship with us, that he would send his son Jesus to be with us. So then there's zero distance anymore between God and man because his flesh is now on this planet journeying with us and living with us. So I, looking back, as you say this, I remember every profound spiritual moment that I've had, whether it's at a retreat or whatever, it came with this sense of the closeness of God. Right. And that really resonates with me. How, how do we do that, like, today? And, right. and especially if we've never had that kind of experience. Like, how do we get to that point where we, we can see or, or sense that God is actually close? Yeah, and I think for those of you who are listening, you're like, yeah, you know, sometimes I do feel like God is distant from me, or mm. I felt that way, or I feel that way all the time. I think, you know, as we, we get into understanding our desire, and that desire leads us, as the Scripture tells us and the Catechism tells us, into prayer. That's where we find God, and is in this conversation. Let it be an honest conversation. So you feel like God's distant? Talk to him about that. You feel like you don't know him? Talk to him about that. You feel like he's been far away from you? Be honest. And like you were saying, on your retreats, you've never had that union with God outside of prayer, but in prayer is always honesty, right? Mm -hmm. And so as we begin to converse with God and enter into the life of God, into relationship with him, we begin to find that he was never far away the whole time that we thought he was. Yeah. Well, for some of us, this, this idea of God's closeness makes us nervous mm -hmm. because we have this idea that maybe he really will reject us. In other words, like if he really knew who I was or right. if he got close to me, it's not going to work out. He's going to abandon me or he's going to leave me or something like that. Right. And that's a good point. And I think the reality is just the reality 
Okay, so you could say you don't believe in gravity, and you jump out of a plane, and guess what's going to happen? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna fall to the ground. You're gonna die. Mm -hmm. And so you we can say something false about God's character and it not be true still. God's character is that he loves us no matter what and that he's not distant. So we move past that fear and we allow God to engage our heart and be in relationship with us. And so through the sacraments, uh, through the Eucharist, through reconciliation, through prayer, we find that God is not distant, that he's right there with us the whole time. And this is where we find real consolation in our life. Wow. Well, great. Well, journey. Early in the morning, as I journeyed to the tomb, there was nowhere else to go. With eyes full of tears, and when he spoke my name. We were standing face to face And I have seen the Lord I have seen the Lord He's no longer dead He is risen I have seen the Lord I have seen the Lord He's no longer dead By the saving grace of God, it is Christ who changed my life. And I have seen the Lord, I have seen the Lord, He's no longer dead.
edition of our Linton Mission with Paul George, the one and only Paul George. Third day, right here. Third day. Yeah. This is wonderful. No, this has been great. And, you know, I, I really hope our listeners are taking advantage of this and sharing, uh, you know, going to our website and finding these segments and sharing them on Facebook and whatever else, because, you know, Lent is a time for these kinds of conversations. And so, uh, and what better topic than to actually grow in our relationship with Jesus? Right? Yeah. I wish everywhere I went, I just had to give five minute talks. That would be great. <laughs> We're making your dream come true. <laughs> Seriously. Right now. Um, all right, so what's uh, step number three or, or this third So day, day one, we talked about desire. Uh, day two was distant, this idea that God is not distant from us, which leads right into today's um, topic, which is God desires more than anything to be in relationship with you and I. Hmm. All right, let's flesh that out a bit. What does that really mean? So God's not distant. And God's not just this judging father. God is a loving father, and his son Jesus is, um, uh, a, you know, a savior and a Lord who died for us, and the Holy Spirit's given to us to live inside of us. So everything we know about God and the character of God is that God wants to be in union with us. Just as the Trinity is in union with one another, God invites us into that relationship to not stand idly by or even a step further but wants to be in the embrace and a relationship with him but you said that he wants that more than anything but doesn't he doesn't he want me to be a great christian more than anything doesn't he want me to uh, be obedient more than anything yes and to be a good (laughs) christian to be obedient to be faithful to be loving is to be in relationship with god Mm. so we we do nothing outside of that relationship god holds us into existence and in that relationship, uh, we become uh, who we're truly called to be, Adam. Like, all of us desire to be who we're fully called to be, to be fully alive. Um, and that takes place um, most fervently when we're in relationship with Christ. So to be a good Catholic, to be a good Christian, means to say, I have a relationship with Christ, and I'm journeying with Christ throughout my whole life. So I could check off all the morality checks, like, you know, I do this, don't do this, but if I don't have a relationship with Jesus, it's nothing, right? Yeah, well, where does that get you in a sense of um, our goal is heaven and eternity, certainly, but but at some, at some point, um, having a, a moral checklist is we're going to fall short of, of really being fulfilled mm-hmm. and being happy, and we only find that fulfillment and happiness knowing that Christ is is walking with us and journeying with us in our life. And so we're all called to be in relationship with Christ through our baptism. Yeah. Well, I think we hear that God wants a relationship with us, 
And sometimes we forget what that word God means. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the same God who created the universe, right? (laughs) Who who creates us. Like, he is not somebody who's just, like, sitting around, not able to do things. Like, he wants a relationship with us, so he's able to accomplish it. Yeah. Yeah, and this is why God became man. He became flesh to say, I'm one of you. He humbled himself enough to become one of us so that we can see his face and we, we can, Christ would become a friend of us. And, and then, you know, through his death and resurrection, he sends his Holy Spirit uh, upon us to, to not live on the outside of us, but to live on the inside of us. And so through our baptism and confirmation, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And the more that we're in relationship with Christ, the more we give God permission to live in us and breathe in us and walk with us, the more that Holy Spirit prompts us and promotes us to do things in our life for good. Well, and I think we all can can grasp that intellectually. Okay, God wants a relationship more than anything. Why is it often difficult to actually believe and trust that with God and, and, and um, I don't know, not... Ex- expect other motives sometimes or like like he's disappointed in us and doesn't want a relationship with us i, I think we're so distracted uh, by things and i think when when we're really in relationship with christ we're spending time in prayer and in the sacraments we're, we're carving out you know to have a good friendship adam means that you you spend time with the person and that's ultimately the case in our relationship with christ is the more we spend time with christ in prayer and reading scripture learning about him Uh, visiting the sacraments and engaging in the full life of the church, the more that we understand that this is just a daily walk with Mm. Jesus. And that daily walk moves me closer and closer to heaven. And that's ultimately where we end up. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time.
us now for day four of our on-air Linton mission, Sir Paul George. Great to be back, Adam. It's great to have you. This is thanks for taking the time to do this. I know to come this here a lot of fun. Five days in a row. I know to be with me, early. but it is Lent. Time for penance. Early in the morning. Early. <laughs> well, we appreciate your sacrifice, sir. And uh, the topic: great, growing our relationship with Christ. So, what do we have for today? So everybody, they can get these online if they miss. So the first yeah. day we talked about our desire in us is a desire for God. God's not distant, right? Uh, he sends his son Jesus to invite us into relationship with him, which was yesterday. And today is this idea of identity. And I think this is one of the biggest game changers for people in their life. It has been for me, people I talk to around the country and um, in, their, in their walk uh, in life is knowing their true identity. Hmm. Well, I'm Adam Conk, so I'm done. <laughs> yeah, but you're more than that, right? Well, what am I? So you are a son of God, hmm. and that's a game changer. So he- here's what I think and know in my own life. If God doesn't define who I am, something or someone else will define that. Hmm. But what do you mean by these things? Like When you say define who I am. Yeah. So our, our identity, we all get our identity from something right? As a man, as a woman, as a son or a daughter. But we can certainly be defined by our work, by our success, um, by our stature, by, by anything. So we're all looking to be defined and define our identity. And if God doesn't define who we really are at, at the root of who we are, then other things will define us. And why does that Why is that important for a relationship with God? It's the most important thing, and I think it's the biggest game changer because at the end of the day, no matter how good I am or how successful I am, none of it matters. What matters the most is that I'm a son of God. If I know that, it's a game changer for me, so I don't go to bed depressed because I didn't make money today. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, Or I didn't do a good job today. Like, I, I go to bed knowing who I am. And this is essential to the Christian life because this is exactly what God did with Jesus. So Jesus comes out of the desert, Adam. What is Where does he go? He goes to the Jordan River to be what? Baptized. Baptized. Now, did Jesus need baptism? No. No, but at that moment, he instituted baptism as something that we should all do to be holy, right? And to engage in the Christian life. When Jesus is immersed in the water in the Jordan River by John the Baptist and comes up out of the water... What happens? What does God say to him? This is my beloved son. He he gives him his identity right there. He says, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Now, what did Jesus do up to that point that we know of? He got lost in a carpenter in, shop. He worked in a carpenter <laughs> shop and got lost in the temple at 12 years old. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And all God said is, you're my beloved son. So in baptism, every one of us, whether we know it or not, what happens in baptism is we're claimed as God's sons and daughters. That's our identity. Mm. So we're immersed in the water. So our sin is gone and, and dies in the water, and we're raised to new life, and God says, you're my son and daughter. That's what happens in baptism. As we get older, we lose that identity because we think that the definition of who I am is what I do and what I accomplish or what people think about me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is great. In that second half of that, with whom I'm well pleased, I find it's very easy to identify ourselves with our sin. You know, like right. we identify ourselves with success and these kinds of things, but also we identify ourselves with our sin in an unhealthy way. It's, right. it's healthy to say I'm a sinner, but in another way, it's it's unhealthy to say I am right. a sinner. Yeah, you know we I mean? can identify ourselves even with our regret or our past, and we're not that. 
We're not the sum of our weaknesses, as John Paul II said. We're the sum of who God created us to be, which is our identity. That's fully who we are. And as we get to that in, in our walk with Christ and our prayer, that God just reminds us, you're my son, you're my daughter, sit right there because that's who you really are. That's a game changer. So as you're going through your life today, you're going through Lent, and you're distracted by your past or your present or what you're focused on, just remember this. The most important thing is that you're God's sons and daughter, and that that defines who you are. So is identity one of those things that we grow into? Or, you know what I mean, like like we learn more and more who we are right. as we grow closer to Christ? We do learn more and more who we are, but we also have to be reminded mm. and in the sacraments, we're reminded who we are. Hmm. How so? Because, I mean, do this in remembrance of me. Christ shows up every time. and says, remember who you are. Hmm. Right? I'm right here. Every time we go to the sacrament of reconciliation and we're forgiven, God says, remember who you are. You're not the person who sinned. You're the person who's forgiven. Yeah, that reminds me of the prodigal son story, right? He had, to, he had to remind the son who he was after he came back. He put the robe on him exactly. and the ring. So we just have to... I say put people in your life who remind you not what you do, but who you are. Wow. And so Jesus and find those few friends that remind you of who you really are. And that's a game changer. You'll live differently for the rest of your life. Awesome.
Welcome back. It's the grand finale. Friday during Lent. <laughs> Sir Paul George. Adam Conk. Good to be with you. So we've been journeying all week on an on-air Lenten mission. First first of its kind. Yeah, ever. <laughs> Probably not, but first time here. Right here. And it's been going really, really well because the topic is, is that good, you know, growing closer to Jesus. What else could we talk about? And so remind us where we've gone on this journey. So day one, we talked about our desire. And then in that, that's where God is. God placed a desire in us to know him. Day two, we talked about distance, that God's not distant from us, that God created us to be in, which we talked about third day, in relationship with us. And then yesterday, we talked about our identity, fully knowing who we are, sons and daughters of God, and that's the game changer. Awesome. All right, so where do we land the plane today? So day five is this, and this is this is the day where, where Jesus calls the disciples to action. And the word today is mission. So to fully be in relationship with Christ and to call ourselves disciples means to be committed to be on mission with Christ. So Christ died, right, rose from the dead, and lives inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So he gives the disciples the great commission in Matthew 28 after his resurrection and says, go into the nations and spread the good news, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He sent them on mission. And this is important for us because if we miss this part of the gospel message, we're not fully living as a disciple. I love this idea because I'm reminded of the life of Christ, how his apostles didn't get to know him other than on mission with him. And right. in fact, that's how they got to know him. They saw him do miracles. They saw him teach. Right. Like they missioned together, and that's how they knew Jesus. Yeah, and I think the whole time they were thinking, he's going to do all the work and we'll just <laughs> assist, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if they fully knew 
what their mission would be until after his death and resurrection. Because it says in Matthew 28, it says they went and they worshiped, but they doubted. At the same time, they were still having like doubts about, okay, what, where's this all going? And, and then you find this scene in, in Acts where they're hidden in this upper room, um, just kind of trying to figure out what to do. That's when the Holy Spirit came. God breathed his life onto them and empowered them to live the Christian life out into the world and sent them on mission. Some preached the gospel right there in Jerusalem. Some went, you know, to other areas and, and two by two, and they began to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, in a relationship, in a, in a communication with Christ throughout the day, that is the proper setting to actually hear the Holy Spirit. You know, like if we're just, if we're just kind of hanging out all day, just kind of going through life, and we don't feel like God's speaking to us, maybe it's because we're, we're not engaging in that mission. Right. But that, that's where Christ is going to speak to us. He's going to put stuff on our heart for yep. other people, these kinds of things. Yeah, God, God's Spirit moves us to action. It moves us to make a difference in this world. And I think, I think it's really important for us to be in tune to that. And so I'll give maybe two parameters for people today. Mm-hmm. One is your first mission is at home, like in your vocation, your primary vocation. So whether you're married as a husband or wife, your first mission is to your family. You're a single person and, and you're in school and work. Your first mission is, is right there. So live the gospel right in the, the middle of where God has you in your vocational life. Okay? And then, and then two, pray uh, for, for maybe one, one area or place that you can serve and be on mission in your city, your town, in your parish, uh, that you can you can make a difference. This reminds me a lot of, of something Pope Francis said when talking about the new evangelization, which is like, how do we get all these people back into relationship with Jesus, which right. we're talking about? But he said one of the main messages we need to say is, the church needs you. In other words, right. the mission needs you. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what Jesus told the disciples, like, hey, it's on you now. I live <laughs> in you. I'm empowering you. I'm giving you the sacraments. I'm giving you the church. I'm giving you the spirit. And... Go out to the world and, and, and share the good news. We are not void of that. We enter into that same call of baptism. And Christ calls us to live on mission with him. We don't do it by ourselves. He lives inside of us, moving us to action, to share the good news with people out in the world. Awesome. Well, thanks for your mission this week with us, Paul. Absolutely. Great being with you. All right, man.
了。